Welcome to the Learning is Change list, the web series where I get to tackle all of the things that I would like to learn how to change in education with a group of reflective practice vloggers in order to create an engine for authentic learning. Uh, today I'd like to talk about a, uh, a video that Joe Dillon did on back channels, and he was incredibly reflective about what he saw within um, one of the live sessions done in the at MOOC um, with Alec Koros. And I wanted to respond to each individual point, and I don't normally do this, but I found each point so powerful that I thought um, that I would go ahead and, and sort of talk about them individually. Here's the first and one. And any time that Alec directed folks to write or answer a question, there was instantly a flood of information, whether it was in the chat room or on the whiteboard. So Joe is talking about any time that Alec would mention something remotely interesting or thought-provoking, there would be this flood of information. And in a Blackboard session, the chat is so small and it goes by so rapidly that it becomes problematic to follow, to engage in any meaningful discussion. Um, it just becomes this thought dump. <laughs> and uh, and everyone, because they are in this session, is sort of raising their hand at the exact same time, saying the either the exact same thing or similar things. And so I actually don't think that that is a fault of the back channel. It is a fault of that particular back channel. The things that you're missing in that back channel that are so valuable in other back channels. One is the at mention. The inability to actually specifically mention someone else and be able to trace that thread back. The ability to thread in general is the second thing that that is missing. Right? So the ability to sort of see what's going on in a threaded type discussion where I can reply to you and you can reply to a previous person. And the thing that this back channel was missing was the ability to upvote or downvote an idea. If we are all spewing out things that are going on, you know, th this is something that's interesting. If we are all spewing out our reactions to it rather than saying, oh, that's a reaction, I also think that thing, and I am able to upvote or to plus one or to engage in that particular idea rather than responding to it, I can just say, yes, that's the one I think too. That is another element that is missing here. So those are the three things that I think are, are missing from this back channel, and I think that that is a function that we have to be able to isolate and say, hey, this isn't a, a way that we have to do back channels, it is a way that we can do back channels, and it makes it much harder to engage in the conversation. Just how relatively new back channels and multi-channel learning is. So while I agree that this rapid pace of a back channel is something new, it is not new in a more general sense. The back channel of taking notes and then sharing those notes with others is most definitely something that we have always done. We have always shared out our learning. We have always had multi-channels of having other resource materials while we are listening to someone speak or, you know, things that we are looking at that are enhancing our learning. So I don't think that's new, but the rapid pace and how to manage that rapid pace is most definitely new. And it's something that we have to be able to tackle. All professional development for teachers ought to have back channels engaged. So we're fostering participant discourse, and we're also modeling for teachers how they can foster student discourse during sessions.
So Joe was actually quoting another teacher who was professing this belief that back channels were sort of a necessary good, an essential good, that we had to have them as a part of all of our learning experiences. And I just say to that that there is nothing that we should have as a part of all of our learning experiences. There are, is a time and a place to use back channels that is um, powerful and amazing, and there is a time and a place where we need to be in solitary thought writing on a piece of paper without a a shred of technology around us. And I think that making that blanket statement that it should be used everywhere at all times, I think that becomes very, very difficult to, to make workable within a system, but also just within what we understand about what learners need and what we need as teachers. Um, there is no particular tool in our toolbox that we have to use every single time. After the session, she felt cheated having participated in the back channel because she felt like it took her down a tangent, and she knew she didn't feel like she came away from the presentation knowing as much about the presentation as she otherwise would. So that's a teacher who tried back channeling for the first time and it left a bad taste in her mouth. And to her, I would say, it's okay. You don't have to back channel, you don't have to learn like that. But I'm not going to let you miss out on all of that learning that all of the other participants that use the back channel had. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to make you engage in that, but what I am going to do is make an archive of that back channel and not as a text file or a CSV file. I'm going to make an interactive archive that you can reply to on your own. If you would like to take a moment to sort of pull out the salient points from the back channel and pull those out as your own blog posts or those as your own replies, that's an important work. And if we can't provide that to our learners as sort of this secondary commentary on the, the front channel, then it isn't worth it because not everyone is going to want the multi-channel. But we have to be able to provide that for them as the archive, as a repliable archive. Um, and to me, that's the balance that we have to strike. Since I'm standing on the fence somewhere in between, you know, back channels can be a distraction and back channels should be in place all the time. I just thought I'd offer the idea that in a MOOC like this, there's a lot of opportunity for us to not choose sides of the fence, but inquire into something new like back channels. What are some successful practices with back channels? When are, there, when are the times where participants would reflect that a back channel um, might have done them a disservice? Or, you know, just finding some strategies around back channels. So to build on this idea of balance, we can't say that back channels don't work. And we can't say that every learning experience requires a back channel. Neither of those things is true. The balance comes when we find some strategies that tend to work most of the time or more than most of the time. And I guess I'd, I'd say a few things that have worked for me in the past. One is that anytime I am running a back channel, I cannot do it alone. It is so important to have people who are attending the back channel. So I will always have a co-facilitator if I'm doing, you know, a, a sort of webinar style teaching. Um, but I will also have a partner if I'm doing face-to-face. -face. If I'm having someone who is able and, and sort of willing, even if it's an audience member that I've deputized as a part of sort of this back channel tending team, they will pull out the most important things that have happened in the last 10 minutes and we will talk about them. But 
at increments that make sense for actually getting across an idea. And I think that responding and rapid response can be really detrimental to sort of the front channel because I think those people that really are looking for um, for the, the content that was prepared and things like that, that it can be a distraction. But we also have to have time for those distractions, for those tangents, because a lot of the best learnings happen there. And so I think those are the biggest points. Have a fellow team member that is interested in helping you with the back channel. And two, build in those times where it makes sense to bring in the conversation. And I guess that third thing of building the archive is pretty important too for all of the people that don't want to engage. So those are my ideas on back channeling. If you have a comment, please leave it below. Or if you'd like to join in the reflective blogging practice uh, community on Google+, there's a link below as well. Thanks so much for watching. I'll talk to you soon.